Hey everybody, welcome to The Uninformed Banker. My name's Gerald. Today I wanted to talk to you about ESG investing and what it is. So what the fuck is ESG investing? Well, it stands for Environmental, Social, and Governance Investing. So first I'm going to go over some of its pros and then we'll go over some of its cons and then we'll discuss that. So the pros for it, like face value, it's good. You know, you're taking your money and you're trying to make it make you money while also having a positive impact on the world. So it's meant for, you know, clean energy, doing stuff that's good for the environment, doing stuff that's good for society, you know, improving loans for under underserved communities or transportation or just basically impacting society in a positive way. And the third part is governance. So they want more businesses that have more diversity in their management and executive boards, which to be honest, I'm for all of those, you know, making the world better. So our children aren't choking on dust in a couple of years. That's great, you know, or impacting society. So there's less crime. There's people are having a better life and Yeah, I'm for that. And the governance part, I'm for that, you know, because when you have a bunch of people who all went to the same class, you know, they all went to Princeton or this or that, and they're running a company and they're like, yeah, we have a very diverse view. I'm like, you guys all went to the same class. You all failed the same classes and you all passed the same classes. So no, you're basically one person. (laughs) You're a bunch of clones. When you have more people with more diverse backgrounds, they have different outlooks they have different strategies for dealing with things they have different they bring more to the table they or maybe not more but different things and just like building a portfolio you want it diverse because the more diverse the less risk so by having a more diverse management and governing body you're going to be able to deal with stuff better and take advantage of opportunities that you may not have like even seen before so I'm for all of that on on its face value. What I'm not for is ESG investing. Now you can take some of the principles of it and apply it to your investing. I'm all for that. But ESG investing has turned into a buzzword and I do not like groupthink. I've probably missed out on some money because of that, but I've also saved some money because of that. It's, you know, crypto. Everyone thinks it's going to be a great thing, but it's basically... It's making a few people rich and then a lot of people are losing. You know, people have committed suicide because they decided to do margin trading with crypto and then lost it all because it took a 50% move in a day because there's no circuit breakers on it. When Bitcoin goes down, it's not like it, it stops you get like a regular stock. No. Anyways, sorry to get on that tangent of crypto. We'll do that in another episode. But... ESG investing right now has been used by fund managers to cover up shoddy performance. What they're saying is because they're being limited by their options and this and that, that they can't deliver the same returns, even though when they were selling these things to their clients, they were going, look, it's an exploding market, this and that, you know, there's some risk, but with my skills, you won't, you won't take a hit. Uh, We'll be able to cash in on this market and make huge returns, blah, blah, blah. They took advantage of a lot of people that were trying to do good in the world 
And now they're covering up their bad management decisions with, well, you know, it's a new market and it's really hard because you're putting these constraints on us and blah, blah, blah. And the other thing that these that is being done is they're charging fees. In a recent e, uh, recent FCA report, which is Financial Conduct Authority, they interviewed 18 firms. And besides the just flat out bad fee bad fee structures and not having good criteria for their own funds, it was really bad when it came to ESG investing because they were having fees that they would be like ESG fee, and they'd go, okay, what is that? And they would go, I don't know. Because they're charging you fees for their due diligence, which you would do with a regular portfolio. The only thing different about this portfolio is they go, all right, I did my due diligence of everything, and now I just add another set of criteria. It's not that big of a thing. You you basically do one final go-through of all the companies that you selected, and you just get rid of companies. And then you go, all right, these are the ones. It's not like they did anything special. They just added more fees because... They wanted more money, which I understand, but I don't think it's right. And the fact that they couldn't even back it up, they knew they were going to these interviews and they didn't even prepare anything. They're like, ah, fuck it. We'll be fine. That's annoying. That's just ignorant. And you're not even trying to cover up your bullshit, which is infuriating on multiple levels. So it's either they're covering up bad performance or they're just charging you extra fees or they're doing both. So they're performing badly and they're charging you extra money so you're not making as as much as everyone else and you're being charged more than everyone else while trying to do good for the world like stop it that so that bring that kind of brings me to my next my next point was the high fees part you know and bad management one one of the parts of the bad managers that were like, well, you know, we're charging this fee because of this, this, and this. One of their excuses was that there were no, there was no criteria for ESG investing, which is actually true. That I wholeheartedly agree with because here's an example. Like ESG wants you to stay away. Like one of the things with ESG is they want you to stay away from companies that are bad, like big tobacco or guns or liquor stores or oil or things that aren't environmentally friendly. But because you're saying that, that's such a wide field. Like say you had a liquor company, let's call it Mudweiser, not Bud. I'm talking Mud. And Mudweiser is doing great in the community. You know, they they set up a plant in a rural area. They have a diverse board and management structure and they're providing a ton of jobs. They're reinvesting into the community. So the community now has more money for their schools. It brought a big, big, good impact to some small rural town. And, but because Mudweiser is making a liquor, the ESG company, ESG investing will stay away from it because it's a liquor company. But yet it meets all the other criteria. You know, maybe Mudweiser is using all environmentally friendly manufacturing techniques. They got solar. They have a wind farm powering their distilling place. Whatever. You know, they're all green. But because they make liquor, they don't qualify as ESG. Now, is that right? I don't think it is. But... That's one of the issues. There's no criteria. And 
because of that, you'll have these bad managers go out and they'll make bad investments. Like during the Obama administration, ESG was just starting to be a buzzword, but the real buzzword right then was clean energy or green energy. And that led to the Obama administration basically investing billions of your tax dollars in green energy. And you know what happened there? All these bad managers invested all this money and these companies went bankrupt. And did the CEOs of these green energy companies lose their yachts? No, but people lost their jobs. The shareholders lost their money, but it, because it all went to the wages of the boards and other and other early stage investors. And we as a country lost our tax dollars that went into some jackass's yacht and his helicopter and who knows what else. So those are some of the big issues with it. So we've got the fact that it's a buzzword. We've got the fact that it's, it has zero criteria. It's very, very annoying to me how this can even be like a real thing. Now, moving past that, how do we fix this ESG movement? Well, it seems very obvious to me. You got to have a criteria. Either, you know, you got to get some of these authorities together or some governments or agencies like the SEC or someone to step up and go, look, this is what we're going to set as ESG criteria and have it reviewed every one every year maybe every two years have you know a waiver just like every other government rule have a way that like yeah you're esg but we granted you an exemption blah 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 because there's an exception to every rule in the government and you know you gotta set just a bullet a bulleted list of all right so maybe have like 100 points and if you hit over 50 of them that's called an esg investment and if you stay above 50, you're an ESG. If you go below 50, you're not. Now, will companies probably find a way to manipulate that? Yes, but it's it's a game at the end of the day. You go, all right, you make a move, I make a move. So the authority, you know, they put together this list. Companies that aren't ESG somehow slide under the radar and barely skimp in at 51 points or 50.5 points or whatever. And they get in, so then the points get tightened or it gets changed, blah, blah, blah. It's it's an ongoing game, and that's what these agencies are here for. And it's part of their job, so they should do that so people can't be as taken advantage of by ESG. There needs to be something an investor can go to and go, so you're an ESG fund. How does this company stack up to it? Because I don't think Smith & Weston should be an ESG company. Well, actually, they make their guns out of renewable steel and renewable gunpowder. Yes, I know that's not a real thing, but do you see what I'm getting at? Now, that would help investors, but at the end of the day, the other thing I'm really annoyed about is investors. You need to really look at what you're investing in. You can't be taken in by buzzwords. Now... I've been wrong on buzzwords before, you know, groupthink sometimes pans out, but sometimes it doesn't. So you need to assess your level of risk and really look at, all right, this is this fund manager. Let me see his past, 
his past transactions. Let me do my own independent investigation into him. Let me look him up at, through FINRA because they all have to be registered through FINRA. You need, you need to do your own investigation. You also need to look at what he's offering. What are the companies he's investing in? Do your own due diligence on each one. And if you like enough of it, you go, all right, I'll give you a portion of my money. Now, personally, I would not do ESG funds. I would literally just look at it as regular investing and go, all right, I'm going to put some of it in oil because Shell is moving towards more and more renewable energy because they can see that it may be 50 years from now, maybe 100, but they can already see that oil's time of dominance is coming to an end. So they are actually, this is really interesting to me, Shell has been making moves to, number one, make their company more efficient because most oil companies were not efficient. They, so they're cutting, they're trimming the workforce in a positive way. They're getting rid of middle management, which is typically where most of the troublemakers and where most of the waste ends up being. So they're getting rid of middle management. They're they're streamlining everything. And the people on the ground that know what they're doing, they're starting to talk to them more. I know someone in this industry, and this is what I've been told from him. But they're also investing heavily in renewable energy. So it's like you look at a company like that and you go, you know, they're actually making moves for the future. And they're doing it now. They're becoming more efficient. So that way they can ride out oil swings up and down, depending on who's what's going on in the world. So you go, okay, I'm going to invest some in there. I'm going to invest some in this wind farm. And that way, if the wind farm doesn't do well, I still got my proceeds from the oil. Or if they both do well, I can then take my proceeds and I can invest in another company. It's kind of like hedging your bets. So I would just know that at the end of the day, I want to do some positives. But if I create more wealth for myself, I can invest in more of the stuff I believe, as long as you have that cash flow to number one, live your life and be able to keep generating wealth to be to be giving these companies a better chance. So personally, that's how I would do it. I would not be investing specifically into ESG, but that's me. Now, there has been some evidence that if done right, ESG, because it's sustainable and the future is environmental, because if you can find a way, I've said this since I was a kid, if you can find a way to take carbon out of the atmosphere and make money off of it, the world's saved. I've literally said that since I was a kid. I was like, someone's going to find a way to make money off of cleaning up the air, you know, ripping out the carbon and I don't know, making carbon nanotube wires. I don't know how they would do it, obviously. And this is just an example. Probably, I'm not a scientist, obviously. But once someone figures out a way to rip out the pollutants in the air and make money off of it, the world's saved, you know? We're going to make a mechanical tree, basically, that's going to clean the air, take the bad stuff out, put oxygen in the air, and someone will find a way to, I don't know, make car tires out of it, you know, or make a new form of fuel. It's it's really that simple. So this environmental stuff, you know, when because part of the swings with oil is it's a geopolitical weapon, and... We like to also hamstring ourselves by not wanting to turn on our own stuff because it, it it's like oil is basically this is, because it's from dead animals. There's a finite supply. Now, a lot of animals have died on the earth, but it also takes a while to create oil. And there's very specific function or very specific conditions that I know nothing about. So but there's a finite supply 
And when you are burning it, you're basically using up your finite supply and you can only put in, put up so much carbon into the air. So it's like every time you do that, you're taking a dollar out of the pot, a dollar out of the pot. Well, eventually you're going to run dry. So I don't think oil will ever go to wet, go away, but I think in the next 50 years, you're going to see a radical change. I think electronics are starting to get to the point that you can use them reliably and regularly. That is a big issue is reliability with electronics and the varying, the, the environmental variable is huge, but the technology is starting to get there. And I think you're going to see it more and more. And the people that are clinging to oil, 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 it's, it's not going to be good. I mean, you can see oil companies are diversifying away from oil. So if the guy who's selling you it and telling you not to diversify away from oil is diversifying away from oil, you know there's something wrong. So that's my view on oil. And that's my view on ESG. So I wanted to take a moment and give a big shout out to a friend of mine. You can check him out on Facebook at JTrain000Gaming. He does a lot of streaming of COD Warzone. It's really funny. It's a great time. Go watch him. And with that, have a great day and goodbye. I'll include a link to JTrain in this video. Bye.